Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host Icy Sedgwick, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Well, hello there, and welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with me, your host, AC Sedgwick. It is June, and as I'm sitting recording this, I'm looking out at it raining quite hard, so it's good to see that the British summer is in full sway. Now, because it's June, and midsummer is next week as this goes out on the 21st. We are looking at fairies because of their association with the month through A Midsummer Night's Dream and Shakespeare. So in the last episode we had a look at a story to do with a Northumbrian midwife who encountered the fairies and in a thought a similar story involving a country doctor. Somebody left a comment on my blog asking if it was a well-known story or something I'd written myself The story I related about the Northumbrian midwife is actually from M.A. Robinson's Local Historian's Table Book, so it is a known story. And the two stories that we're going to have a look at this week, which are also in Northumberland, are also known stories. So these are none of the things that I share on my podcast are things I've written myself. Occasionally, the stories are possibly invented by other people, but I'm just sharing them. That's the nature of folklore. Now this week, as I say, we're going to have a look at two tales of the Rothley fairies. Rothley is a small village that lies about six miles west of Morpeth. It does actually have an 18th century folly called Rothley Castle, which, as it's a folly, isn't an actual castle. And it's interesting that Rothley would have not one but two stories of fairies. So we're going to have a look at them and we're going to have a look at the common theme to do with fairies when we get to the end of this week's episode. Now the first story is that of the Miller and the Rothley fairies and there was a Miller who lived just south of Rothley and he actually shared the Miller house with a family of fairies and he was actually quite happy to do this because they actually did the housework for him in exchange for some of his grain and quite frankly that's probably quite a good deal. Now Frederick Grice actually describes the fairies in the 1951 book Folk Tales of the North Country and he says and I quote they were lovely to see none bigger than daffodils but beautifully formed with long flaxen hair flowing over their shoulders their mantles were as green as the sycamore buds in march and each rode on a dapper little horse cream coloured like a primrose and beautifully harnessed they had saddles bridles and reins all neatly stitched and sewn and from the harness hung little bells no bigger than a raindrop and each chiming with a pretty sound End quote. Now, John Hodgson, in his History of Northumberland, actually claimed that the fairy family was none other than Queen Mab and her fairy court. And he also claimed that the family often bathed in the nearby river. We've got no way of knowing whether it was Queen Mab or not. It's unlikely that Queen Mab would lower herself to do the housework, but that's what Hodgson claims. So anyway, the fairies used to cook their porridge in the kiln that the miller used to dry his grain. Obviously, you don't want to keep grain around where it'll get damp because it might grow mould and that can then lead to things like ergot poisoning but anyway that's a side issue. So the family would obviously make the porridge and occasionally they would stir the fire to give a little bit more heat to the porridge but then that would mean that the grain would burn. The miller obviously found this a bit annoying because he couldn't sell the, the ruined grain but he was getting his housework done for him essentially for free so by and large the arrangement was quite happy 
and all was well until a second fairy family moved in. Now at this point the fairies were still finishing the housework so that was good but they were taking twice as much grain and because there was two families using the kiln to make the porridge twice as much grain was getting burned. Obviously the miller starting to get a bit annoyed by this point and he grows quite impatient. One night he finds the grain burning in the kiln again and he loses his temper and throws a clod of earth into the fire. Unfortunately Hot cinders and porridge then spattered the hungry fairies waiting near the pot. The cry went up, burnt and scalded. At this point, the miller realises he's made a mistake and he turns to run. One of the fairies catches him and grabs his ankle, at which point the miller faints. Now, when he woke up, the Rothley fairies had gone, but his entire leg was now paralysed and he never regained its use. He's basically punished for losing his temper and not really reacting to the situation properly. I don't necessarily know that you can sit the fairies down and ask them to be a bit more considerate. I don't quite know how it works, but he does react quite rashly and because they get injured, they then permanently maim him. And it's an interesting concept that you've got this thing with the cinder flying and hitting them. And I must admit, I hate that idea of these poor fairies sitting waiting for their tea and then getting covered in hot porridge. It always kind of, I don't know, it's quite a sad, upsetting image in a certain kind of way. But anyway, we're going to have a look at the second story, because I did promise you two. And this one also involves hot cinders. So basically, we're already starting to see a theme here that fairies and hot cinders don't exactly mix. So elsewhere in this particular area, you've got a small family risking the wrath of the Rothley fairies. But this time, they survive, and we'll find out what they did differently. Now, this particular story is actually related by Emma Richardson in his table book, like the story that we looked at last week with their midwife. And there's a link to the table book on my blog if you're interested. And the website for that is www.icysedgwick.com forward slash Rothley hyphen fairies. Now, you've got a widow and her young son are living in a cottage near the village of Rothley. I've no idea where it is in relation to the mill, probably not relevant. Anyway, one night the child refuses to go to bed. His mother just basically gives up. She's like, you know what, you do what you want and the fairies will come for you if you stay up by yourself. Bear in mind, this is also a time when people quite fervently believe in changelings or the fairies doing ill by them, which we'll come back to. Back to the story. So the widow goes up to bed and the little boy stays downstairs. Soon after, a doll-like figure comes down the chimney. Obviously the little boy's tad perturbed by this but because she's quite friendly he thinks fair enough and he overcomes his fright. He might be lonely, he might be looking for friends his own age but either way he asks her what her name was. Ainsel, she replies. And you? My Ainsel, said the boy with a smirk. We can only assume that he was at that age when echoing people is the height of comedy. They stay up playing together until the fire begins to die down and this is where it all starts to go a little bit wrong. So the boy does what you would normally do. He gets the poker and he stirs the cinders, obviously to bring the fire back to life. But instead, a scattering of hot ash falls out of the grate and onto Ainsel's foot. Complete accident, unlike the miller, but obviously still not a particularly pleasant thing to happen to you. So she roars in pain and the boy flees in terror. He'd barely gotten into bed when the door bangs open. Who's done this? cries the fairy's furious mother. My Ainsel, wept the fairy which basically translates to my own self. Obviously at this point the fairy mother then goes, well you can only blame yourself then, 
because she assumes that she's somehow gotten cinders on her foot. She kicks her daughter back up the chimney and I'm sure that the young boy probably breathed a bit of a sigh of relief. Now the story does end there so we have no idea whether Ainsel ever comes back to play with them or not. I would imagine probably not. But either way this quite quick thinking young lad at least manages to spare himself some kind of punishment at the hands of the fairy mother. Now this is where it's important to have a look at the common thing that links a lot of stories about people dealing with the fairies and like I said last week fairies are not generally in these folk tales the, the chubby sort of wish granting sort of balls of loveliness that you get in Disney films they're often quite dark in a lot of ways and I've got a couple of examples of fairy tales which aren't from Northumberland but they sort of support a similar feel to what these fairies are like and in one tale a family don't let a fairy woman into the house and as a punishment for this light, the eldest son temporarily loses his sight. He does get his sight back, but the family are never the same after. Everywhere they go, they take bad luck with them, and nobody wants to associate with them. And this is all because they don't let someone in. You do sort of see this in other stories. I remember reading an incredible article online where somebody pointed out that in Beauty and the Beast, he gets cursed because he doesn't let this old woman in, and considering he's only about 11 at the time, that was probably the right thing to do but he ends up getting cursed as a result and in another tale called Paddy Corcoran's wife a woman called Kitty the wife of the title she throws wash water out of her house every day because where else is she going to put it this is in the days before plumbing that's fine you would think but unfortunately the fairy folk would pass by a house at the same time every day and obviously they would keep getting ended up covered in the water you would think that they would just possibly knock on the door and say, can you please stop throwing your wash water out of the door? Because she can't see them. But instead, they'd basically put a curse on her and she ends up sick for seven years with an illness that no doctor can cure. Eventually, one of the fairy folk sort of takes pity on her a little bit and turns up and explains why she's ill. And she basically says, you keep throwing wash water on us, please stop. If you use a different door and a different time of day, you'll be cured. Kitty obviously just absolutely dying to you know get away with it and not be not be ill anymore. She does as she's asked. She picks a different door, picks a different time of day, and the very next day she regains her full health because basically she's done what the fairies asked. And they've kept their promise, which is actually quite rare in these stories. So basically, if you slight or in some way annoy the fairies, it does tend to carry some fairly heavy penalties. And being respectful is a really good way of making sure that you avoid their wrath. So if you do have fairy neighbours, working with them is probably the best way to stay on their good side. It's also entirely possible that these kind of stories were kicking around at a time when doing nice things for your neighbours and being charitable is what's actually expected of you as a good practising Christian. So if you then say to people, ah, if you're not good to your neighbours, be careful because there might be fairies and they might curse you you'd obviously think twice about turning away somebody who was in need. So that's always something that I think sort of hangs underneath a lot of these stories. Although with the first two, the fact that the boy must realise that Ansel is a fairy and obviously is quite happy to play with her so he doesn't really seem that scared until he injures her. And then in the first story, the miller's quite happy to live with him as long as he's getting something out of the bargain as well. Obviously, losing twice as much of your grain he can't sell it so he's not really going to have a mill around much longer if he can't sell his produce because they keep burning it but again 
covering them in hot porridge probably isn't the best way to make your point known. So basically what it all boils down to is just this idea of actually being respectful of fairies and what they can do and more importantly what they will do and just being mindful that they're not going to grant you a wish for nothing. There's always a price to be paid of some description. So I hope you enjoyed that. So I've looked at these two stories in Northumberland and the two little bonus ones as well. Next week we're going to have a look at how you might create a fairy garden just in case you totally like the idea of having fairies in your garden and you do believe that they are actually nice chubby friendly little beings who are going to grant you wishes and so on. So look out for that next week. If you have got any other requests for fairy related podcast episodes please feel free to tweet me at IC Sedgwick or drop me an email at ic at icsedgwick.com and I'm more than happy to accommodate those requests to get those in if you want. Please again feel free to support me on Patreon if you fancy that and it's only a dollar a month and it basically helps me keep making these episodes and all that lovely stuff. Otherwise I hope you have an absolutely cracking week and I'll see you next week. Cheerio! Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to subscribe using whichever podcast app it is that you prefer. If you do use iTunes, if you could leave me a review, that would be fab. Basically, it just means iTunes are more likely to recommend this to other people. And if you're interested in more folklore, please feel free to swing by my blog, which is www.icsedgwick.com. And that's Sedgwick spelled S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. And you can find all of the links, images and other bits and pieces that hopefully you enjoy. So have an absolutely fab week ahead and I'll see you soon. Cheerio!